0: Hi, I'm Susie, and I have pink hair. And I'm Alexis, and I'm wearing Crocs. Crocs in a hat covered in pins. And you're listening to Jawbreakers, the universe's best podcast. The
1: universe's best podcast.
0: Every episode, we look at celebrities and musicians to find fun little tidbits and conspiracies you won't see in magazines. We
1: follow snack food mascots like Mr. Peanut and the Keebler Elves to make
0: sure they're staying in their lane. And we do it all while eating candy and hitting jewels. And we do it all while eating candy. And hitting jewels. Jawbreakers. <laughs> no, it's fine. Welcome back. This is Susie speaking. Uh, this episode's all about Perks Being a Wallflower, which is a classic movie slash book in the millennial canon. It is set in Pittsburgh, and we just moved to Pittsburgh, so we're really excited about it. And I think we've both seen the movie enough times that we didn't even have to rewatch it to record this episode, but there's a lot of fun tidbits, lots of info in this episode. I am going to relaunch the Stephanie Meyer Ruined My Life podcast, so if you have any opinions about Twilight, please email nermernermernetwork at gmail.com or DM the Nermernermer Instagram page with either thoughts written out or a voice memo and we'll include it on the podcast. So if you've got any thoughts at all on Twilight or anything, Robert Pattinson, Kristen Stewart, Stephanie Meyer, please reach out um if you have thoughts on the quill tribe etc it is on netflix right now i know people are watching it please let me know so there's that you can also respond to anything we say in the podcasts for jawbreakers with the same exact thing and we will maybe air it so send us an email send us a dm it's great we love having contributions from our listeners it's more fun i don't know so enjoy the episode and reach out if you want, there's also a link tree in the show notes and you can find us there to get all the important links and ways that you can support us either financially or with follows. And it also has links to ways to find more episodes, etc. Again, thank you. Love you. Uh, I guess that's it for now. Yeah.
1: Maybe you already saw it, actually. I just realized how long ago it was announced.
0: Um, I did and I meant to send it to you. Ed Sheeran <laughs> announced his album. It's called Equals. It's
1: called. So now,
0: like, he has to,
1: has to be done, right?
0: He has to be done. I remember seeing... Because I initially just saw a new album, and I was like, how the fuck can he have a new album? <laughs> He's out of signs.
1: He's out of signs. Unless he went crazy with it.
0: Right. Unless he went rogue. <laughs> like, imagine if Weezer started putting out words instead of colors. Right. Well, they did a couple. Mm. It was fucked up.
1: Yeah, people didn't... It, it caused a whole divide. Divide. Minus Already did it.
0: Plus. Yeah. You know, you just open... You, if you're Ed Sharon, you're in the studio, you're like, what do I name my album? You open your calculator app. He still has a percentage sign.
1: He does have a percentage sign. But he's
0: used all all five orange buttons on the calculator app. So he's going to have to move to AC. Or percentage. <laughs>
1: Well, wow. I can't believe he actually did it.
0: The man has a brand.
1: And it's math. I don't like it. Not math, that. <laughs> I like math. I don't like this equal thing. Also, like, the equal sign means so much. Like, like it's already it's already used for so many of the things right
0: now. It makes sense. I don't know. It's I'm best, not surprised. It's his best option. He used the other four already. Right. He says it's the best work he's ever done. So is it a compilation? Is it a... What if it was a greatest hits?
1: <laughs> I know it's not, but... That would be pretty funny.
0: Oh, he has a song on this album called The Joker and the Queen. <sighs> what do you think it's about? Jared Leto? As the Joker? Oh. And, the, and the Queen of England?
1: <laughs> Maybe.
0: Jared Leto pursues the Queen Ew, after he him. He has a
1: song called Overpass Graffiti
0: he has one called Sandman see I don't know the thing is so I kind of like Ed Sheeran sometimes but I don't like Bad Habits so I don't know if I'm gonna like this album
1: did you listen to his new song
0: no which one is it Uh is it um is it Shivers is it Visiting Hours let me see Stop the Rain
1: Visiting Hours that's what it's called
0: huh And so now he must be out.
1: (laughs) So it's either... Or I could see him pulling a thing where he's like, I already... Like, Equals was the end of that era of me. This is my self-titled. Wow.
0: Yeah, he doesn't have a self-titled.
1: Yeah. I don't like when bands do self-titled after their first album.
0: MGMT's was like their fifth album or something.
1: Because it's always like, this is the most me my music has ever been, and I just... I don't like that. I it, I think it's a perfectly fine first album.
0: It's you're it's like calling yourself, the first episode pilot every time. Right, you're it's
1: introducing yourself to the world. Huh? How it is. Right, but when people like even bands that I like, Saint Vincent's like fifth album is self-titled, and I don't. I love that album. Right, Wish but it's, it wasn't self-titled.
0: Right, I could see that. So yeah, he could come out with well, maybe his legal name is Equals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is his self-titled?
0: Yeah. It, his legal name is an equal sign.
1: I just can't believe it's equals.
0: All right. The Perks of Being a Wallflower is a film. Wait, actually, wait. Can we talk about the hot cheese crunchers?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about them
0: all morning. Actually, wait, we have some business to attend to. Um, First of all, one of our fans tagged us in an Instagram post. Let me find it. Oh really? Yeah. Cause we talked about a couple weeks ago about the uh Orida Potato Spotify lists. Oh yeah. So someone tagged us in Oh, okay, I found it. Barilla pasta made a um I'll just send it to you. They made a bag. They made a handbag. The world's getting weird. So they have a Spotify account with eight playlists called things like mixtape spaghetti, Moody day linguini, and it's the exact amount of time it takes for each pasta.
1: Oh perfect.
0: I texted you the link. Oh, but then this account says that they then were they were like homophobic at some point and then they turned it around. I don't know anymore. But anyways, Barilla also has playlists, so I don't know who all has playlists on Spotify, but... Wow.
1: 100 limited edition handbags.
0: It just looks like a box of pasta that you open up.
1: See, I don't think that this is... That this works, because, like, what if you want your pasta more al dente?
0: Mm, Right. Because, like,
1: the box of pasta says, like, keep it for this long unless... Yeah, and way. it's like
0: a four-minute difference. Yeah, maybe you just stop before the last song, but then you'd have to look at what the last song I also was. Got, uh,
1: Mixtape spaghetti boom boom silly, <laughs> Moody Moody day linguini, Pleasant mo- melancholy penne. Yeah, it's pretty good.
0: They're not as punny as the Orida ones with t- true true and you know. Yeah, all they those. had a
1: little bit. Well, there's a lot of. Why is there no like? There's no Mac. They have, you know, there's a lot of types of pause there.
0: Right. Like, more than eight. More than eight. Maybe they're still working on them.
1: Yeah. I want call me when they do Angel Hair.
0: Is that just like one <laughs> punk song? <laughs> like a minute and a half?
1: It's just one punk song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ends abruptly here in the other room.
1: That's, maybe that's why. It's just really quick That's why I get
0: it I always have a pot that's too small And if you have angel hair then you can push the noodles in faster
1: Yeah it's like (laughs) It's like 40 seconds and then you can just Knock everything in
0: Yep. Um, From (laughs) another fan We got a recording about Bo Burnham That I haven't listened to yet This is uh, This is Malia
2: Okay I'm one of the Bo Burnham fans Coming out of the woodwork to uh, defend him after the blatant slander that happened in the last episode. Uh, I agree that a piece of art made by any white, cis, straight man should uh, be viewed with a bit of skepticism, and um, I haven't watched Inside, actually, yet, because I... I'm in a very mentally fragile state, and I don't think I could handle it. TPH. But I do just want to offer this perspective. I think, so I've been a fan of Bo since middle school, so it's like over a decade now. Um, And he's been out of the comedy scene for a while. Um, I think you guys alluded to that. And I appreciate him because I think that he broke open the comedy world Um, he, a lot of his work was about mental health, um, and he's always been pretty transparent about that, um, as well, his, like, work pretty early on was, um, socially conscious and offered critiques of, like, race and racism, uh, I think really before a lot of people were doing it. And you see artists like Mike Birbiglia, who I think is really influenced by Bo. I think just Bo changed the comedy landscape like white men talking about how much they hate their wives or like about, you know, random, unimportant stuff to like satirical and true humor about like what's really happening in the United States. Um so if anything, I appreciate him for that. And yeah, that's what I have to say. Hmm.
1: That's fair.
0: Yeah, I mean I it certainly beat whatever he's doing certainly beats my wife's bad <laughs> comedy.
1: Totally. Yeah. I never got into an when he first came out. I don't know if you did.
0: No, I was about to say I didn't realize people were fans since middle school. I could see that being a different perspective. Yeah. I've only, I have only—I became aware of him because he was all over the internet just recently.
1: Right. I think being like this introduced to him like through TikTok yeah. makes it a little bit more negative for us. It's the, I guess it's the same as like some band has been around for like five ten years and then they get like one hit single and then everyone's obsessed with it and then you're just sitting there like i knew them first not right. in a but
0: not necessarily a it, hipster way but yeah
1: just what tiktok is screaming about.
0: right and also is like he's like the kid cuddy of um <laughs> yeah. comedy
1: oh that's a good way
0: because that is true depression's been introduced slowly into all these different realms yeah he does a good job of not doing just, like, hyper-masculine stuff, which I appreciate.
1: Yeah. I, I don't hate him. No, I just don't either. not for
0: me. I agree. Not for me. Yeah. But, yeah, he doesn't do... I didn't even think about that. All the fucking Burrs out there, like... Haha, <laughs> <laughs> and then my dick. Yeah. He doesn't do that comedy. That's true. That comedy's so tired.
1: It is, and they're just... You know, this is kind of related, but kind of not... The other day, someone told me, have you seen Louis C.K.'s and Louis stand-up? And I said, no. <laughs> they're like, you have to pay for it. Like, it's really not out there. Like, it's a whole thing.
0: So why would you have paid for it, yeah. even? Yeah,
1: and they're like, it's really good. It sucks. He was—he just did a dumb thing. And I'm like, he was an old man. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> he wasn't 10. No, like,
0: he had time to learn. Yeah,
1: But, yeah, like, it's nice that, you know, he's not out there... Being Louis C.K. or joking the same way a lot of white male.
0: This actually is a pretty nice segue because I was thinking about Perks of Being a Wallflower and the use of, like, depression as a vehicle for telling a story and how that's kind of, I think, going out of popularity because depression is starting to be more understood as, like, a legitimate chemical imbalance. Right. And it used to just be more of oh, you have, like, this dark artsy side that's kind of praised. Right. And it worked for this book. I think it got...
1: Pretty early on in that game, too.
0: Yeah, this is pretty... I guess there are some 80s books that kind of relied on depression or insanity, but I think that the thing that blew that open was 13 Reasons Why. That was when the world was like, okay, I think we're done with this.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um do you le- mean the
1: 13 reasons book or the show
0: the show i think that's when people were like wait a minute this isn't actually like a cutesy way to okay so perks of being a wallflower for those who don't know was a movie in 2012 but it was originally a, a book from 1999 by Stephen chbosky he also wrote the the movie it's his only thing he's ever done. Mm-hmm. He hasn't written other books. He hasn't made other movies. It's like a classic coming-of-age drama with Logan Lerman, who's in... um, Is he in Percy Jackson?
1: I think so. Yeah. He's in one of those.
0: Kind of like a Michael Sarah type vibe coming off that kid. And, you know, he has PTSD. He makes friends with Emma Watson and Ezra Miller... As these two step siblings, he's in love with them, and Watson. It's this whole thing. It's a really cute movie, and it was really formative. And it's like millennial canon book slash movie, and I love it. And it's set in Pittsburgh, so we've been paying extra attention to it lately. Right. Um, and then Thirteen Reasons Why was also a book.
1: Did but... you read that? That that you never read it? No, did you? No, but I remember like freshman year of high school. When they're like, you have to read one of these books, and then we're going to do a book report. And I didn't choose that book, but a lot of people did. Wow. And it, they were like, I remember talking to people, and they're like, yeah, this book is really dark.
0: <laughs> um, The the show reminded me of Perks Being Wallflower when I watched it. The main character has a really similar look, and it almost looks like Perks Being Wallflower fan fiction to me. I haven't found that anywhere, but it's so similar because in Perks of Being a Wallflower, the main character's friend commits suicide and he doesn't know why. And in 13 Reasons Why, a teenager commits suicide and leaves behind a box of cassette tapes for her friend to listen to. Her friend who looks a lot like Charlie in Perks of Being a Wallflower to listen to. And basically, she's talking about all the ways she was bullied and all this. But 13 Reasons Why got a lot of backlash I guess there was I don't know how legitimate this was but I was seeing screenshots of like people googling suicide more after watching it yeah they also show the suicide in that show they showed
1: it and it was really graphic it
0: was really graphic
1: I have a a friend who just (laughs) he's just really bad with gore so like Mm -hmm. we'd be watching a scary movie and we'd be like dude I think something's about to happen and he'd have to leave the room because like he would just pass out and I guess he just binged 13 Reasons Why and he was like didn't expect them to show it so why would they show it and he said he passed out in his living room because all of a sudden (laughs) yeah and that's just on a gore factor not even like the fact that they really vividly showed a teen suicide
0: uh, Wikipedia says the release of 13 Reasons Why corresponded with between 900,000 and 1.5 million more suicide-related Google searches in the U.S., including a 26% increase for how to commit suicide, an 18% increase for commit suicide, and a 9% increase for how to kill yourself. Jesus. So I think that 13 Reasons Why was the last time that we're going to talk like suicide's like a romantic thing. Yeah. But for a long time, it was a way that... I mean, so, okay, I don't know how you feel about this, but I do think teenagers like dark content like that. It gives them a way to relate to somebody who's going through a lot. And it's not always depression and it's not always suicide, but there's always something like John Green Fault in Our Stars is about a girl with cancer. Right. I don't know how many actual teen cancer patients were really into that book. I'm pretty sure the millions and millions of people who were into it didn't all have cancer. Right. But, like, it was a way... the romantic... The romantic aspect of death. death. Yeah. Yeah. Because teenagers are scary and punk as fuck. Mike <laughs> <Right. laughs> My Chemical Romance said it first. Right. I get that song I now. Was...
1: <laughs> yeah. That
0: teenager's song. Yeah. They're fucking scary.
1: They are. And they love that song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they love that song. They're and like... then you grow up and you're like, yeah, I get it, dude.
1: <laughs> I get it on a completely different level. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so the thing about Perks being a wallflower that's a little bit different, I didn't read 13 Reasons Why, but the thing that I find different about it is it's not graphic about any of that stuff. Mm-hmm, it's, it's very really subtle. Mm-hmm. It's just this kid going through the world, and I also love it because it relates so much to other works. Like, he's reading books, his teacher gives him a bunch of different books, and he gets a chance, especially in the book version of it, to break into those books and, like, why those coming-of-age stories are relevant to him. And there's a whole fucking soundtrack.
1: Yeah. And as far as, like, his teacher giving him books, it reminded me of, like, how we said in the High School Musical, the musical, the series, how it was nice how they depicted, like, a teacher that's really close, but also not scary or, like, creepy.
0: Right. (laughs) It's Paul Rudd. (laughs) It's
1: Paul Rudd. He's really just believes in this kid, and also, like, he doesn't, like, overdo, like, overpush this kid or anything, he just gives him a bunch of fucking books, and he's just, like, a English teacher that had a good connection with this kid.
0: I think he's a teacher in a different movie, too. I'm
1: sure he is.
0: He's such a teacher.
1: Yeah. He's, like, the dream teacher.
0: Yeah. Ex- what?
1: I was going to say, I just had a weird thought of like, I would feel bad if actual Paul Rudd was a teacher and he was trying to be like that good teacher, but then like gross students are like, he's hot. He's so hot. I
0: was just thinking that. <laughs> I don't think he would do very well in a classroom. Yeah. I, as an adult, I really feel for hot teachers.
1: I do too. Cause I, I had this one teacher that was like, it was his first year and he was pretty young. And I just remember everyone was so gross about him. And weird, like...
0: Dude, like, the hot teachers, there's a couple. People would, like, try to find their social media and yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's rough. That's, like...
1: Yeah, I feel really bad for them.
0: But Paul Rudd just to have a uh, good professional relationship with a student. Right. In this movie, which is good because he doesn't... Charlie doesn't have any legitimate adult influences. Right. I mean, he has his parents, but he doesn't relate to them. They're very normy. Right. They love the penguins.
1: They do love, they love the penguins.
0: We love the penguins, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Huge penguin bands. Oh, yeah. Love hockey.
0: Oh, I was talking about the Joker's friend. <laughs> <laughs> the penguin.
1: That's what they're talking about. In the
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, Perkswing wallflower. They love the, the penguin.
1: <laughs> so I... I googled Paul Rudd teacher movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you just get...
1: Perks of Being a Wallflower, Clueless. Okay. Admission, and P.S. I
0: feel like I haven't seen those movies. I feel like I've seen him in something else.
1: I think I've seen Admission.
0: Maybe I've seen Clueless.
1: Right, so it's like relatable except for the fact that it's in 1992.
0: Right, and there's no phones. Right,
1: and they're doing actual mixtapes. They, like, comments on, like, oh, yeah, I was able to use this really good stereo and all of that jazz. No computer at all. Right. right. Like, they're writing letters.
0: Oh, yeah, and, like, there's no dial-up either. Like, there's they're writing letters, and it's so cute. I don't know if you went through a phase like this, but I went through a phase where I was like, I'm not going to use my phone so much. And there was this time that I made plans with friends to go to a bowling alley, and I was like, I had just been watching Freaks and Geeks, and I was like, I'm not going to bring my phone. We're going to meet at 8 p.m. I'm just going to go and have a nice time. And this was, like, the same phase where I was, like, bringing a notebook to a bar.
1: Was it yesterday? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) When you... (laughs) Yeah,
0: okay, the phase is still happening. But, (laughs) yeah, I was trying to look like an edgelord with a notebook at a bar. They... I... Yeah, so I went to the bowling alley at 8 or whatever sat there for two hours and no one showed up
1: did your friends know you weren't bringing a phone no right
0: and so i left i like ordered fries didn't bowl just sat there and ate fries like a weirdo (laughs) solo eating fries at the bowling alley and then i went home and looked at my phone and there was a group chat that was like we're meeting at 10 instead and i think i must have missed them by like five minutes (laughs) They're like we called ahead and sounded like they had lanes full so we're not gonna go let's go at 10 instead I showed up. I was trying to impersonate Jason Siegel in Freaks and Geeks. And nothing. And I didn't pull it off because they thought that they'd be able to update me with the plans. Turns out. Turns out, no. Because I'm an edge lord.
1: <laughs> they don't have any incidents like that, I don't think.
0: <laughs> no.
1: But. Still. It is. It's a cool time to watch. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show is a big deal.
0: Yeah, Pistening Wallflower has a lot of Rocky Horror.
1: Is that how you got into Rocky Horror?
0: No, I went first.
1: You went to it first? You like saw a live show first? Mm-hmm. Wow, I saw it on TV before.
0: I had, no, um. my first experience was a full-blown Rocky Horror. I hadn't seen it, I hadn't heard the music. Mm-hmm.
1: I was, it was like me and my cousin, it was like 2 a.m. just watching videos on VH1. And all of a sudden, Rocky Horror started. And it was just like the lips, and we're like, "What the fuck is this?" And then we're like, oh, "I don't think so we're like I don't think we're supposed to be watching this," type of thing. No, yeah, you're not. But <laughs> we watched it. We we're so confused. It was really good. It's really good. <laughs> but yeah, the first time I watched it was just on TV.
0: That's amazing.
1: But where we're from in Tucson has the longest running Rocky Horror Picture Show ever.
0: Yeah, you can just go. I took that so for granted. I thought everybody had a had a had a monthly Rocky Horror. Yeah
1: third saturday of every month yep at midnight
0: i would come down in college try to come down on the third saturday yeah weekend because i needed to see rocky horror
1: so the first time you went you were you weren't 18 right no you just got the v
0: yeah i didn't have to be initiated properly which i'm kind of glad for i think at this point i could do it but like between even 18 and 23 i wouldn't have been comfortable
1: i got initiated but I was with a friend who also was getting initiated, and so they paired us together. We did, like, I don't know, like, a ride a ho- pretend like you're riding a horse or something. Oh, that's And there bad. was, like, ten people on stage with us. Yeah. So, like, and it was my friend.
0: Like, now at this age, I understand that, like, so they sometimes have people take, like, whipped cream body shots, for yeah. example. I understand now that the people doing that want to do that. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh my god, they're gonna make me do something like that. But no, like the people, you can, you can act shy and they'll give you riding a horse or whatever, Right. but you don't, but like the people going up there to like put a condom on a banana with their mouth. Right. Or the people, like when they, they get one singular person to strip. Right. Like that person, they probably ask, would you do this? And they say,
1: uh, I know someone who did that. They didn't ask them. Okay.
0: (laughs) See, that's what scares me. But like, it was someone who was like totally comfortable doing it. Right. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they would make somebody do something they were uncomfortable with. That's am sure of why It's like... such an inclusive space. Yeah. That's the whole point of Rocky Horror. And that's the point of it in Perks of Being a Wallflower, too, is that these weirdo teenagers... I don't know why teenagers were the whole cast for Rocky Horror in Perks of Being a Wallflower. I know there were the actors were adults, but like they were playing high schoolers. Yeah. And they made up the whole cast. Because people... If you haven't seen Rocky Horror IRL, they'll project the movie and then people act it out in front of the screen. And then there's a bunch of call-outs and whatever. It's a a whole experience. If you ever have a chance to go, you should go. A lot of times, towns will do it in the month of October. Right. So find your local Rocky Horror. Attend. Wear whatever you want. Wear
1: whatever you want.
0: I once saw this- Sometimes
1: they have themes.
0: Yeah. I once saw this Lady Grinch at a Rocky Horror. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. Craziest thing I ever saw. It's your
1: opportunity to do whatever and be whatever you want.
0: Yeah. Lady Grinch was not during Christmas time. No. It was Grinch head and then like boobs. (laughs) Amazing. Love that. Yeah. So it really it's an opportunity to let your freak flag fly. That's a yeah that's what being a wallflower is.
1: Right. It's the perfect thing they could have put. That's like the perfect show they could have put into that story because it's just so inclusive and all these weirdos can just go.
0: I also like that it glamorizes being the weird kid in high school.
1: And still, like, even if you're a weird kid and, like, you only have... Or you have no friends or you only have, like, your few, like, weird... Other weird friends that everybody hates. (laughs) Like, you have a place to go. And just, like... Everyone's just having a good time.
0: So, I was reading a few things about this whole series before we recorded. And one of them, like I already alluded to, was the, um glamorization of depression but i've read this book by susan sontag about different illnesses being used as vessels for telling stories and it went into this huge depth about how in the 1800s and early 1900s the like hot thing to have was tuberculosis and
1: the hot thing
0: yeah because you would, it was like you would get these like sallow cheeks and like you would hide up in your house, and it it was like a step away from something like the plague, which affected everybody, and instead it was people in isolation writing the great American novel with tuberculosis. And it was like, then once they figured out that it was just a bacterial infection, it wasn't hot anymore. It's
1: kind
2: of gross.
0: Right, but in the meantime, they thought it was kind of similar to like the emo kid standing against the wall yeah. in 1990, where it's like what is that guy thinking he's so elusive and interesting it made a person interesting but they just had tuberculosis that's and crazy. that's insane to think about now because it's just you just have a disease <laughs> and then once tuberculosis was pretty much ruled out as a thing people even get the thing people started getting was cancer and this book was talking about how cancer does not make a good story it's just painful It's not... You're, like, in isolation, but people view you as a cancer patient and nothing else. Which was also sort of interesting talking about identity... Now I'm just on a soapbox. (laughs) But it was talking about identity tied to certain illnesses. Like, if you have cancer, you become a cancer patient. That's who you are. If you... There are certain diseases where you become that thing. But if you have, like, a heart attack, it's an incident. It's not who you are. You move on. Even though you have a higher likelihood of dying faster from like multiple heart attack incidents than you do from having cancer at this point but when someone has cancer they have cancer and that's how people know them (laughs) or like if you're wheelchair-bound that's your identity right whereas there are other things that are incidents and it's just like how we view it but you could if 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 the culture wanted to you could start referring to cardiac patients as like that's their whole thing but it's not right but neither is cancer and neither is using a wheelchair And neither is depression. Huh. But yeah, and then it kind of shifted because cancer didn't work for telling stories. It shifted to insanity. And then you get like Sylvia Plath, Mm -hmm. David Foster Wallace, all these people who killed themselves or, you know, were at risk of being lobotomized. Right. And then, yeah. And then by the 80s, 90s, it was... Sad kid. His friend died. (laughs) I was i was thinking about it now i don't know covid doesn't really work because covid's more similar to the plague yeah where it's everybody
1: yeah because i mean
0: because people sort of get off on stories where it's an incident that people have heard of like you'll read about like people think it's interesting that pete davidson's dad died in 9-11 right it's you're people are looking for something that makes somebody interesting even if it's a traumatic event but COVID's <laughs> it's for everybody. There's no like specialness. Yeah, COVID is only
1: COVID is only your trait if you're like in the hospital. But like everyone knows someone who's has COVID.
0: Yeah, and like I've been writing this. I broke my ankle thing right for six months now. Because that is an interesting fact. I have a metal ankle now, and not everyone does. And it's not. It wasn't traumatic for me. I mean right. it was and, and it's it wasn't.
1: Also like now that you've moved, it's not your thing here.
0: Right. You never saw me in a boot, you never saw me use a wheelchair right. for a couple you, of weeks. You,
1: the whole town never knew that I'd stopped working.
0: Now we're in a bigger place and it's just like look at my cool scar. Right. Cool it's the it's the same exact thing as having a cool scar. It's just something to talk about. I guess I didn't think about now I'm thinking about Bo Burnham. <laughs> <laughs> Because he did it because people were so secluded about depression. It just made you like this weird kid. So I guess it does make sense that having like a mainstream white dude. Right. Say like.
1: Who like has a place to talk. Right. And like also make jokes about it to make it not like this weird sad kid thing.
0: Maybe that's why I don't appreciate Bo Burnham as much though. Because I'm already viewing the content made by the weird sad kids. That's true. I don't Maybe need Maybe if he had been, like, introduced introduce to you
1: longer, or, you know, earlier on.
0: Yeah, I used Tumblr, thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> was he not on Tumblr? See, like, he, f- I feel like he would have been. I'm sure he was.
0: Oh, Burnham Tumblr. I don't think that's gonna work. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I was just looking at pictures of emo people hmm That had, like, the whole emo style.
0: The hair, the eyeliner. Right. Lip piercing. Right. Bracelets.
1: Maybe some Vans or some Converse. Mm-hmm. Upright angle. Let's... That was my content.
0: Yeah. See if that. I would
1: have seen Bo Burnham, I would have kept going, to be quite honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just scrolled right past that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I took... There was a... Um, I found a list of all the books that appear... Honestly, if you've read them, I've read some of them. To Kill a Mockingbird, mm-hmm. not a classic coming of age, but something about being a teenager and trying to understand the world around you. Mm-hmm. This Side of Paradise by F. Scott Fitzgerald, never read it. No. Read The Great Gatsby. Right. Love The Great Gatsby. It wasn't until I was reading about this that I realized that the great that he wasn't that old. Jay Gatsby was not that old. How old is he? Oh, yeah. He was thirty-two when he died. Wow. Yeah, so he was in his 20s. We're I thought in 20s. Since maybe because they make you read it as a high schooler. So there's just like and this like, blurred line of adulthood.
1: Yeah. And it's just so different from any world that you know.
0: Right. But yeah, he's like he's the equivalent of selling verve. <laughs> 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 when was the last time you saw someone selling verve? Like or like Bootleg jewel pods. Except people don't make a killing at that. He's a drug dealer, I guess. Yeah. He's a weed dealer.
1: He's just a... We- <laughs> is he, like... What kind of weed... Like, what kind of weed dealer is he?
0: His brother mails him stuff from Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then he... That helps him afford, like, nice rims. <laughs> for his Honda. <laughs> and he has, like, every gaming console when it's new.
1: Mm-hmm. Is he, like... Like, he just has his people, and they get their friends, right? He's not, like, out on Times Square.
0: Right. I don't think he's... I don't think Jay Gatsby hustled. No. He was just in the house. (laughs) Maybe he hustled. There's a scene... I haven't seen that movie in a while. I haven't read the book in a while. But, yeah, I think he might have hustled a little. Hmm. He would go out.
1: But then he got comfortable.
0: Right. Then he got enough money, and he probably had underlings. Right. Then he just had his pool and his... Girlfriend that he didn't have actually. <laughs> she never texted him back.
1: <laughs> he started using his own supply.
0: Yeah. And then he died. 32. So <laughs> but, okay, yeah, so never read this other F. Scott Fitzgerald book. Peter Pan, about never growing up. Never read it. Why would I read yeah. it? There's a movie. Why would I? You... Oh, Great Gatsby is also on here. A separate piece by John Knowles, don't know it. Didn't make us read it. Catcher in the Rye. Did you have to read that? Mm-hmm. I didn't either. That's a classic. You have to read it in high school. Yeah, I never read it. It comes up in eleven twenty two sixty three. The uh, the principal of the school that James Franco's character applies at asks if he should. Oh if yeah, if think he should that, put it in the library. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, why not? It's a it's a good book, and he's like, no, it'll never be in the library. Joke's on you. It's required reading. Uh, On the Road, Jack Kerouac.
1: Mm-mm. I've seen that.
0: We I've were exposed to that in my history class. We yeah. didn't have to read the whole thing. But it was that and Howell Allen Ginsberg that we had to look at. Naked Lunch, William S. Burroughs. Own it, never read it. Mm-hmm. Walden. In the movie, they make a joke about Walden, where Mae Whitman's character says it should be called On Boring Pond. I remember that. Hamlet. I can't read Shakespeare. Too old. Too old. Doesn't make any sense to me.
1: I think I read I think I read it in high my... school.
0: They make those no fear Shakespeares now with like contemporary English, which is good cuz I don't think I would have made it through any Shakespeare. <laughs> uh The Stranger by Albert Camus 1942, don't know it and The Fountainhead, which is a classic incel book. Did you know that about The Fountainhead? No. Own it? Tried to read it? Couldn't. I'm pretty sure that this whole thing is, like, pulling yourself up by your bootstrap. Because we're not doing that. <laughs> we are not pulling ourselves up anymore. We give some government assistance. I like that there's books within a book. I like when that happens.
1: Yeah, especially <laughs> real books. Real books. <laughs> What's, uh... That video game, uh, Edith Finch? Oh, like, yeah. are a bunch of books in that. Or, like
0: yeah so you can hooks. in the video game what remains what is it all that remains of edith Finch. what remains of edith anyways video game great game it's like a story game but you can walk around this house and there's a bunch of books and you can like zoom in on them and yeah i i really like when people do that meta shit
1: yeah it, it also especially for like a movie or a book like this it just makes it more relatable, cause like. Maybe you've read those books.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> or seen them or heard of them or maybe you want to.
0: I can't believe how long it took us to realize it was in... P- I always thought that movie was in Seattle or something. In Seattle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> where did you Yeah, think it was? I don't know
1: where I thought it was.
0: Or guess, just maybe nowhere specific.
1: Yeah. I guess I kind of pictured, like, Portland, so basically Seattle.
0: We drove through a tunnel without realizing. With
1: that, And we were, like talking about the tunnel the whole time like we were so impressed by this tunnel
0: and then at some point i went home and watched the movie and was watching the credits and realized that it's that tunnel it's the same tunnel it's the
1: same tunnel great tunnel
0: we went through it
1: yeah also it just it talks about pittsburgh so much penguins penguins
0: actually that's kind of it but there are there definitely
1: there's little references
0: yeah it definitely is a pittsburgh movie slash book Steven Chaboski is from here.
1: There's a podcast in Pittsburgh called Ya Jagoff. Mm-hmm. And we looked into what jagoff. They say Jagoff in perks of being a wallflower. One of the kids says it to Charlie.
0: Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> wow, I didn't think of there's a whole other language here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking about that Amish language. Like there's like blue collar ass yeah. weird lingo here that I, I'm so unused to. They're called Yinzers. <laughs> it's funny being here and seeing, we're close to Shenley Park.
1: Yeah, we're really close to Shenley Park. Shenley
0: Park comes up in pricks me in a wallflower. Mm-hmm. It's the hookup spot.
1: Yeah. Also like the skylines. How, How do you think they shot the tunnel scene? Like they just had to close off a major.
0: <laughs> People drive through that.
1: Oh yeah. I drive through that every day for work.
0: Or did they just... uh, You think they could just
1: film it in there? Yeah. Because they got a lot of shots of it.
0: Were there other cars? Like, maybe they just had two cars driving next to each other, one with a camera. Yeah. But then there had to be shots in the car, too. Yeah,
1: they had to, like, go through it a number of times. Right. (laughs) just coming around. Like, logistically, it makes most sense to close it. But I don't know if they were able to actually do that
0: we last night we went through the tunnel listening to heroes by david bowie
1: which is the the tunnel song
0: which so they
1: didn't ever say what the song was in the book so in the movie it was revealed as heroes by david bowie
0: and then yeah so we drove through the tunnel listening to heroes we drove through two tunnels listening to heroes and then (laughs) i curb checked in a police parking lot
1: Right, because it was either turn around in the police parking lot or go to the airport.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And turned off heroes very abruptly. I wonder if that's what they were doing when they were filming it. (laughs) Can we also give a little moment for how bad Emma Watson's American accent is?
1: It breaks so much.
0: It's so bad. She sounds, if you didn't know she was British, it kind of passes as just, like, a weird person. Mm -hmm. But since she's British i mean i've heard people do really bad british accents this is the equivalent right easily
1: and like i get i get why emma watson was casted as sam i think it makes sense
0: mm-hmm. she had short hair at the time it was <laughs> cute
1: can pass off as like a weirdo right but her accent
0: her accent's bad <laughs> when i met steven Travasky at the u of a The person in front of me asked him. First of all, total sweetheart. I was in line for hours to get (laughs) him to sign my book. And by the time I got to him, he was already two hours past when he was going to be there. But he wanted to sign everybody's book. And the person in front of me asked about Emma Watson's accent. And asked what the hardest thing was for her to say. And he said the Olive Garden. She couldn't say Olive Garden like an American.
1: That's funny.
0: And then now when I watch the movie, I'm like... Damn, yeah, she str- sounds- struggles. There are some strong moments. It's just funny, too, because I'm used to, like, Hugh Jackman. You wouldn't even know he was an American oh, if you yeah. didn't know. There's so- Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. There's so many actors who just bust out an American accent like it's nothing. And i that's what I'm used to. And it didn't occur to me that it goes the other way. Like, um, it's not just that Americans can't do other accents. It's that British people can't always do other accents, either.
1: Um... I was looking up the filming, and the main reason why Perch was able to film in Pittsburgh was due to the availability of Pennsylvania's tax credit for film and TV productions. If not, the production would have spent only a week in Pittsburgh and the rest of the filming period regretfully trying to recreate Pittsburgh elsewhere.
0: Good. That's why nothing's filmed in Arizona. Everything's set in Arizona's in New Mexico, because Arizona, instead of offering a tax credit...
1: (gasps) King's Family Restaurant...
0: Is real? Yeah.
1: It's in Upper St. Clair, which is where Stephen Schvatsky is from.
0: Oh. We should go. Yeah. We should go right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Finish. King's Diner
0: the King's, yep. Finish it out from there.
1: A freaking ad popped up and I lost my place.
0: Why did they do that?
1: Oh, the West End Overlook. Wow.
0: You find in the whole thing? Yeah. We can go do it any day.
1: Oh, I know people who live in this area. Mount Washington. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, thank you very much. <laughs> they talk. Well, I only recognize it because I'm like, I have no fucking idea where that is when they say that. Right. And then I just.
0: <laughs> That's how I am. People just drop neighbor- neighborhoods left and right, and I'm like, mm, yeah. That's here. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's pretty wide.
1: Okay, so Fort Pitt Tunnel, Fort Pitt Bridge.
0: We went through Fort Pitt.
1: Mm-hmm. So I think it's the second the second tunnel we went through? Mm-hmm. That's the one where they filmed it.
0: Oh, it's so good. It's so magical. How often do you get to just recreate a movie scene? People run up the stairs that Rocky ran up or right. down. But like we could do we could recreate this every day if we wanted to. Yeah, we I think it might truck. lose its power, but Okay, yes, we do need a truck, or we need someone with a sunroof. Preferably a truck, but I'll settle for sunroof. Because we could not properly stick our bodies out of the car. Also, we could use a driver.
1: Could use a driver. That looks like Ezra Miller.
0: Yeah, Preferably Ezra Miller himself.
1: <laughs> I would like to formally ask the forgiveness of my beloved hometown and to thank them for being so patient. But I think when everyone sees Emma Watson flying out of the tunnel, standing up in pickup truck, I think they'll agree it was worth it. So they- Closed it?
0: Sounds like they had to close it. Yeah. (laughs) I guess that would be kind of annoying if you didn't know if it would be a good movie or whatever. Oh, yeah, I
1: would have been pissed. Yeah. (laughs) Some some young teen novel. (laughs) Book. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, this is so sweet. The director recalls those sequences as a particular dream come true for me and a whole series of dreams come true, which is what this movie is. I've had those images of the kids flying through the tunnel in my head for about 18 years now, and to finally have actually filmed it on Wednesday feels pretty fantastic.
0: That's the dream.
1: Miss Watson said filming the tunnel scene was an out-of-body experience and very symbolic for her personally. It was as if she was entering a new phase of her life into something new. Miss Watson said she felt very connected to that moment personally. Those of us from Pittsburgh, we understand how beautiful it is, said Shabatsky. After hearing about Miss Watson's comments, but to hear it from an outsider was very special. And she's pretty outside.
0: Who's <laughs> <laughs> England?
1: They filmed at an actual high school here. There's a photo of Parks of Being a Wallflower sign at King's Restaurant
0: i trying to even think about what movies I've recently seen that could like what is what makes people interesting now. They just make superhero movies.
1: Yeah, just superhero <laughs> movies and documentaries.
0: Yeah, let's see. There's, I guess, Nick Cage is still out there.
1: Yeah,
0: he. He's interesting. Really still
1: out there.
0: You said you're worried.
1: No, I said he he is really out there. Oh yeah, like he's he's nonstop.
0: I want to say the forever purge. Is he in it? <laughs> he plays the purge.
1: Um. So also, from all of the books that they list, there's also a lot of music that's real in it.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's music's so... usually real. <laughs> but there's so much to interact with as somebody yeah. who's not actually in their world. You can enter their world so easily.
1: Yeah. So Charlie gets... A mixtape from his sister's boyfriend.
0: Ponytail Derek.
1: Ponytail Derek. And she's like, I have a million of these, do you want this? And then he heard the song Asleep by The Smiths. Classic sad boy band.
0: Oh, so good.
1: So classic. And uh, he was obsessed with it. And one of the mixtapes that they like, say every song that was on it, is a mixtape he gave to... I just want to say Ezra Miller. Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> For Christmas, where he puts a sleep on it twice. So, the mixtape is Asleep by the Smiths, Vapor Trail by Ride, uh, Scarborough Fair by Simon and Garfunkel. Great. A Wider Shade of Pale by Procol Harum, T- Time of No Reply by Nick Drake, Dear Prudence by the Beatles, Gypsy by Suzanne Vega. Nights in White Sun by Moody Blues, Daydream by Smashing Pumpkins, oh. Dusk by Genesis before Phil Collins was even in it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, MLK by U2, Blackbird by the Beatles, and Landslide by Fleetwood Mac, and Asleep by the Smiths again. Twice. Every mix CD I've ever made in my life, I put a, one song in it twice. 'Cause of this? I think so. It is it's not like I don't put sleep twice. Right. But that's like probably this. <laughs> and I I generally sandwich it.
0: So like so let's say you're putting I Fall Apart by Post Malone.
1: Right. I would put it at the beginning
0: you, the Oh, so it's the first and the last song. Okay, that's interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: I thought you were <laughs> you're saying there was one song in between it. and I was like hmm
1: yeah so this is a great list
0: I looked up Nick Drake because of this book that's what I like about this book is because you can dive in and you can really especially anyone reading it from here till the internet crashes can google these songs
1: also I don't know if it was because of this but so many of these artists in like 2010s I guess around the time the movie came out were such hipster artists. Absolutely. Like, Nick Drake was a huge one. Simon and Garfunkel.
0: Is Elliot Smith on that list?
1: No. He should be.
0: He's related. Yeah. He's on the second mixtape.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Elliot Smith died 2003.
0: Did he not get popular till after he died? He active,
1: 91 through 2003. So if it was set in 92,
0: uh, yeah, that makes he probably sense. wasn't it didn't make sense to Huge include yet.
1: Uh And then there's also the actual soundtrack, which is a great soundtrack.
0: It's one of the only soundtracks I regularly listen to. That and Jimmy Neutron.
1: There...
0: I love the Jimmy Neutron soundtrack. What's on it? Uh, there's a Britney Spears song. There's an Aaron Carter song called AC's Alien Nation. Because Jimmy Neutron, the movie, is obviously about aliens invading the planet. Uh, Jimmy Neutron soundtrack There's a Kids in America Great no song uh, It's one of the newer It's not the original It's whatever came out for this album uh, But uh, No Secrets And I remember the DVD had Oh. The DVD had a music video Of No Secrets performing Kids in America
1: Is No Secrets that band That did Secret Secrets They're No Fun Secret Secrets hurt Someone
0: Um, I don't know. I
1: found this out recently. There's a girl group that I'm pretty sure is this group that had a song called Secret Secrets. They're no fun. Secret Secrets. hurt someone. And I'm pretty sure they did a Kids in America. Oh. And then they basically disbanded.
0: Uh, yeah. Jimmy Neutron also has Parents Just Don't Understand, but by Nick Cannon and Lil Romeo. The Jimmy Neutron theme is by Bowling for Soup.
1: I was going to guess Bowling for Soup" is on that soundtrack somewhere.
0: Absolutely amazing. In Sync is on there. Bloodsgrig Bop is on there.
1: Great. That's a really good...
0: Underrated soundtrack. Jimmy Neutron. Okay, well, Jimmy Neutron's also a horrible misogynist. It's obvious now. <laughs> it wasn't obvious in the early 2000s, but you watch that shit now. He is just making fun of Cindy for being a woman. An <laughs> independent woman.
1: For being smart.
0: For being smarter. And he's mad because he's smart and he's so special. But he makes it he makes it about the fact that she's a girl all the time. Ooh. And I think that's rude.
1: <laughs> so you're not a fan of Jimmy himself.
0: Right. Still love the show. Watch so much of the show. And I saw the movie a million times. And I had the soundtrack, obviously. I'd put Kids in America on repeat. I think it's track seven. Yep, yeah, track seven. <laughs> so that's my number one. And then number two is Perks of Being a Wallflower.
1: One time, I went to New Jersey. And after I crossed the state lines, I listened to the Garden State soundtrack.
0: <laughs> How'd you feel?
1: Really good.
0: <laughs> What's all that soundtrack?
1: That's one of my favorite soundtracks. Zach Braff. <laughs> it's just Zach Braff doing stand-up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> From uh, the scrub set.
1: Don't Panic by... Cl- also, uh, I used to do... I used to go to, like, hot yoga classes, mm-hmm. and it was basically this soundtrack. <laughs> uh, Don't Panic by Coldplay. Carrying is Creepy by The Shins. In the Waiting Line by Zero Seven. Great hot yoga song. New Slaying from The Shins.
0: Oh, I love that song.
1: I Just Don't Think I'll Ever Get Over You by Colin Hay. Blue Eyes by Carey Brothers. Fair by Remy Zero. One of These Things First by Nick Drake!
0: Nick Drake!
1: Uh, Lebanese Blonde by Thievery Corporation The Only Living bo- Living Boy in New York by Simon and Garfunkel
0: oh another overlap
1: Such Great Heights Iron and Wine classic classic Let Go by Frufru another really great hot yoga song <laughs> Winding Road by Bonnie Somerville
0: what is a better cover? Such Great Heights by Iron and Wine, originally by the Postal Service, or Smooth Criminal by Alien Ant Farm, originally by Michael Jackson.
1: A better cover?
0: Yeah, what? probably.
1: <laughs> Smooth Criminal is pretty sick.
0: Smooth Criminal by Alien Ant Farm can get it.
1: It's a cool song. It make it's it's it makes more sense. I. This is still one of the most shocking things in my life, but someone thought, I met someone who thought that um, Queen covered vanilla ice or sampled vanilla ice from their song Under Pressure. Pressure. and
0: That's so backwards.
1: <laughs> I was like, when do you think that happened? Which, like, oh, okay, in hindsight, Johnny Cash covers Nine Inch Nails.
0: So it is possible.
1: Right. However, it's not. (laughs) Because, like, it is a possible thing to happen.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't seem... Usually, the older artist is not the cover. Right.
1: But yeah, they genuinely thought that. Alright, so the perks of being a wallflower soundtrack is... Could it be another change by the samples...
0: Which also I think is going through a bridge or going over a bridge at the beginning yeah, during the opening credits. I think so. So many bridges here. Because
1: you can see, yeah, it's the City of Bridges.
0: Is that official? Yeah, that's oh. what it's called. I mean, there are a lot of bridges. There's two rivers. I think like, big, think it's three. Ones. Three rivers. Yeah. Big rivers, not Tucson rivers.
1: Not Tucson rivers. Uh, Come on Eileen. Dexie's Midnight Runners. Great song.
0: I think most people couldn't tell you who sung it.
1: I was surprised as I read that name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Huge fan. Um, Tugboat Galaxy 500.
0: I love Galaxy 500.
1: Temptation New Order. Even Song The Innocence Mission. Asleep by the Smiths. Of course. Low by Cracker. Love that song. Good song. Teenage, Teenage Riot by Sonic Youth. Classic.
0: Gotta include Sonic Youth.
1: Dear God by XTC.
0: That um, one is the most out of place to me in this soundtrack.
1: I remember when I listened to the soundtrack, it felt out of place, but I think in the movie it makes sense.
0: On the soundtrack, it's weird. It, it is throws weird. off the vibe.
1: Um, pearly Dewdrops Dropped. Cocktoo Twins.
0: Yeah, I love the Cocktoo tr- Twins.
1: Charlie's Last Letter. I, is that just Charlie's?
0: Uh Yeah, it's a verbal. He, it's just him from the movie.
1: And Heroes David Bowie.
0: Beautiful soundtrack.
1: Beautiful soundtrack. Well, Originally, the movie was rated R for teen drug and alcohol use and some sexual reference.
0: Are you kidding me? It's so mellow.
1: And the filmmakers appealed, and the MPAA changed it to PG 13.
0: Not sexual or drug enough to qualify for R. I'm does glad they eat appealed it. He has a pop he brownie. He has a brownie. He does acid.
1: Yeah.
0: But, like, that's. It's also,
1: like, two scenes.
0: It, that, yeah, and it's not—it's not an overdose. Yeah. It's not, and sexual. I would think violence. Maybe yeah. there's some violent moment. There, there is a violent scene and, in that movie that makes me cry.
1: And a fight all involving teens.
0: Right. Maybe just because it's teens.
1: I think because it's teens.
0: Oh, that would have sucked to have to need a parent to go see it.
1: <laughs> that would have been weird. Also, if it would have been rated R, it would have been such a tame rated R. Like, if they would have been rated I would have been... Would they have been, like, oh, well, then we should make it... Let's kill someone. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that would have sucked. That was very important for teens over 13 to be able to see with their friends. I'm glad that that didn't work out. Same. I hear a lot of talk, especially since I started watching anime, about, like... And this this is an important conversation, so I don't want to diminish it, but, like, sexualizing teens, in air quotes, Mm -hmm. because there are shows... Especially anime shows where, like, the teens look sexy, oh, okay. but they're teenagers. But I've also heard that with other shows, like, there are, sh- like, Riverdale, they're right. high schoolers, but they're, like, quote unquote, hot. Like, they have eight packs and stuff. A lot of times, the actors are adults. Anyways, all I'm trying to say is, I get why we don't want to do that for an adult audience, but I also think that teenagers need representation for things that are sort of adult sometimes. Mm hmm. But it all just goes out into the same world. So, like, technically adults could be viewing this in a way that is creepy or perverted. But I also think that it's important for teens to see another teen with a pot brownie. Mm-hmm. Not just, like, some Pineapple Express shit where you're out on your own and you, you're you meeting up with drug dealers or right. whatever. I think it's important to see, like, how teens deal with stuff, too, as a teenager. As an adult, you don't need to see teens doing anything.
1: Yeah, it's not for...
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's not for them. That's
1: true. Hmm. So yeah, I'm seen... really
0: glad that it's not rated R, because it's not for adult. I mean, it, it can be.
1: Yeah, I've seen that a lot recently, where they're like, why do we have all these teen shows that shows teens having sex?
0: For and teenagers? Like yeah.
1: Like, I remember... <laughs> Did you ever watch the show Awkward?
0: Mm-mm. Did you ever see Skins? skins was so sexual yeah and i watched it as a teenager and it didn't strike me as weird i mean no well it did that show is i think exaggerating teen use of drugs and sex right but as a teenager i wanted to see teenagers dealing with this stuff and dealing with their parents and whatever as an adult i don't even need to watch the show at all (laughs) right
1: exactly i was really into the show awkward and like i've thought about as a teenager and i've thought about it a lot as an adult and like that was such a stupid show like such a bad show all it was was teenagers trying to have sex with each other right loved it at the time
0: <laughs> thought it was hilarious Thrilling. yeah
1: <laughs> but i would never have to watch that show again in my life
0: nope or God.
1: recommend it to anyone
0: yeah i have never <laughs> heard you bring it up it's not like some things are just for teenagers it right. doesn't yeah. mean they shouldn't exist I do- I understand the- I get the whole thing. Especially, like, the anime conversation a different conversation. Right. Because- That's a whole- It's a blurry-ass world over there. Yeah. In a way that gets creepy. But, you know, like, teenagers need to see teenagers.
1: And, again, this isn't a sexual. It's is like, hardly sexual.
0: Like, that is actually potentially an accurate depiction of how much sex teenagers are having. Right. Which is not much. <laughs> <laughs> i like that Being a wallflower spans pretty much the entire millennial group because it came out the book came out in 99 mm-hmm. it's set in 92 so if you're in high school in 92 right that would work or even you know you have an older brother in high school in 92 whatever right but then the movie came out in 20 whatever 12 12 and so we got to also be part of the experience
1: right that is nice
0: Spends spans 20 years
1: <laughs> great movie great book great city
0: do you have a DVD copy of it? I don't think I do but in this house we have two books and one DVD in this building who knows how many copies
1: <laughs> there's gotta be at least in this building at least
0: For five residents. Right. Yeah. On this block, 40. (laughs) Do
1: you think they sell it at the gas station?
0: (laughs) By the register.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Original print.
0: Dance Moms merch next to Perk's merch.
1: And a terrible towel.
0: And a terrible (laughs) towel.
1: (laughs) What kind of fuck Mary Kill is there?
0: I don't know. Fuck Mary Kill.
1: Asleep, asleep, or asleep.
0: (laughs) The Smiths. Jay Gatsby.
1: I was gonna say
0: that. Jay Gatsby can kind of get it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Let's see. J.D. Salinger, author of Catcher. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um.
0: Emma Watson saying Olive Garden. Okay. Fuck Jay Gatsby. Easy. Same. Kill Emma Watson stay in the Olive Garden. She really struggled. Marry <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'm marrying the Smiths. I I'm back myself in the corner. I'm happily marrying the Smiths. Okay, good for you. <laughs>